everyone, welcome to Carroll Road, welcome to the middle of the coaches. Was really a massive performance of my uh, of my lads because we had to dig in uh, and show some steel today, show unbelievable mentality and a big commitment, togetherness. Good evening. Welcome to the Pinkin Show. It's been a, it's been a good time of it since you were last on. Hence why I've now got a sofa. So there we go. Uh, good evening uh, to you. Uh, welcome to edition 172 of the show. Uh, our dedicated Canary shenanigans that brought that thought gamesmanship was what brought Mark Fotheringham from Scotland to Norfolk. <laughs> I don't even know. I couldn't work out if that was any good or not. I don't think it was. Uh, I'm Michael Bailey. Good evening to you. Uh, we are here live at another new venue. This time it's Redwell Brewery in Trouse on the outskirts of Norwich. Uh, and we have loads to talk about, of course, in the next 40 minutes or so, including all those wins all that opposition moaning, Daniel Farker for several reasons, a Max Aaron's exclusive, plus your comments and questions, the current championship picture, and the return of Flip the Bird. Terry's quite excited about that one, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, and we will do all of that in the company of our guests tonight, who are budding journalist and writer Connor Southwell, although I always want to call him Subble, and City fan, beer lover, and Pink and Show debutant Terry Westgate. Hello. Hello. Hello, guys. How are you both? You well? Welcome to the show, Terry. I'm in a brewery. I mean, <laughs> I couldn't be more perfect for me. It's, uh, it's, quite, the, it's quite the setting, I have to say. And by the way, uh, Tony and Dan, who are here, they've already eaten a load of cheese and meats and didn't even share them. Dan's drinking beer. That's where all the excuses will be for tonight's... Um, show connor how are you yeah i'm good yeah uh, like i say a bit upset we're doing this on an empty stomach but there you go went <laughs> <laughs> from recording us to uh, to go and get us some food that would be nice of course um brilliant stuff um so as is now the norm and all being well uh, we are live i think on pinker.com on uh, the pinken facebook page twitter periscope and youtube and over the course of the show we want to hear from you of course be it on king kenny daniel farker horse or new contract your choice uh, your international break and run-in thoughts but especially after that flick by emmy wendier against hull we want to know your favorite piece of skill ever witnessed in yellow and green get your thinking caps on Connor doesn't have as long to go back as, as uh, me and Terry, so that's good. Um, get in touch for those. All you need to do is post your words below the Pinken Facebook feed, the YouTube chat box, or reply on the Pinken Twitter and Periscope streams, uh, streams, and I'll do my best to keep track of them all on my wonderful phone. Uh, right, Wesley Moulahan has uh, enjoyed a fortnight out to pasture, at least that's what she called it. Um, Anel Hernandez is sulking he's not sunning it with his namesake, which means it's time for... Oh, who's doing the horn? Have we, oh, it, Terry, you're horn? on it? Brilliant. We are on for this week's Norwich City Headlines. <laughs> oh, sorry, dogs. A slick, sick, super six. Victory at Rotherham and all the stick from the Millers fans emphasised City aren't going away. Six wins out of six. 18 points closer to 98 games left to seal the deal. Best you stop pinching those arms now. 
Fuck news! And it was good, as Daniel and his staff committed to three more years at Carrow Road. As far as building blocks go, that's not bad. Let's see where it takes us all. <coughs> Cotton wool time. Are you enjoying that? <laughs> City sends some of their key players into the hands of others. Oh, how we love an international break. Finland get reunited with Tamer Pukki, while Kenny McLean may spend 90 minutes on an artificial pitch in Kazakhstan. What could possibly go wrong? And finally... <coughs> good luck, Ant. Under-23 striker Anthony Spiru has joined National League promotion chasers Wrexham until the end of the season on a youth loan. Spiru is only 19 years old and no doubt knows if he impresses, then something bigger may well be on the cards come pre-season. Good luck, Ant! There we go. <laughs> Poor Anel. Um, if only it was in Dubai or wherever it is the other Anel is. Um, and two bits of news today, it has to be said. Uh, Max Ahrens completed 90 minutes for England's under-19s as they beat the Czech Republic at St George's Park in their qualifier for this summer's Euros. And 17-year-old Josh Martin has joined City's Academy, having previously been at Arsenal. Welcome, Josh, of course. Uh, let's crack on then, shall we, guys, with the football chat. Uh, Swansea, win. Hull, win. Rotherham, win um, I'm good at this um, uh, that's all since we were last on and um, I mean time doesn't half remove the angst from these things given that we can just jot them all off as three points each yeah definitely I mean I was really nervous before this weekend you knew Leeds and Sheffield United were going to play each other um, wanted Leeds to win obviously that didn't happen then obviously got really nervous about the game at Rotherham it was not really good conditions at all it was like difficult uh, place to go and play and the fact that we managed to come away with a win I think it just sums up our season, really, doesn't it? Yeah, not been a bad week, has it? <laughs> really? <laughs> um, those, only a week. I know, I know. I'm glad we've got a week off now. If only for the heart rate and whatnot. So, uh, no, it's good. Three really good wins in ways that perhaps four months ago you wouldn't really have associated with, with this Norwich City side. So, showing different faces and looking on course, I have to say, at this I mean, moment. And that's kind of the point I've written here, that you could argue they're not playing that well. But then I struggle with that because they are creating a lot of chances. I mean, they could have won any of these games by probably more goals, even the Swansea game. Yeah, definitely. I think Swansea were a really good side. I think a lot of people were surprised about how much of a you know fight they put up when they came here. But I thought, particularly with the Swansea game, there just seemed to be this belief from the team that they were going to get the result. They were going to get the goal. They were going to do whatever was needed to get the three points. We, uh, we'll talk about the run-in later on in the show. I mean, with, with Swansea, it has to be said, they, they ran Man City pretty close in the FA Cup, didn't they, as well? I thought they were fantastic, particularly first half. I think they, they lacked a bit of an option from midfield running in. Look at this. So sorry, it's Mr. Reed. <laughs> I've bought you a fine array of cheeses, oh, olives, nice. lovely fresh breads. Where, where are they from, Chris? The Cheese Truckle. <laughs> hey, if they're going to give us free food, then fair play. And that goes for all of you. If you ever want to give us anything free, we'll probably go it up. Cheers, Chris. Top man. It's nice that um, Russ and Wes let him go. Uh, appreciate that. Or oh, did he let them? I can't remember. One or the other. Um, Yes, yeah, so run in, and I've asked you about Swansea. That was good. Job, job done. Um, and I mean, it's probably echoes of Norwich that Swansea may be better against the better sides, of course. Um, and we will talk, touch on the run in in a bit. International break, though, we haven't really got all the fixtures for you. We're not going to go through who's playing what, where, when, because you know, I'm not that fussed, got to be honest. I, mean, I know a lot of people are, that's fine. Um, but in terms of who would you wrap up in Cotton Wool, who, who's the one who has to come back in one piece? Who would you reckon, Connor? Probably Pookie, isn't it, really? Although you look at it and you go Aaron's and Godfrey, but I, I think defensively they could sort of work out a, a replacement. I think with Pookie, he's quite unique in terms of how they play. So considering he was looking a little bit weary at Rotherham and it's been, I mean, it's harsh to say a drought with three games, but in, it, it's mad that we're saying that. But in terms of uh, his standards uh, have dropped a little bit. So 
it would have been nice for him to have a, a bit of a prolonged re- uh, break, but I suppose that's the nature of football, isn't it? And you just cross your fingers, as, as we all tend to be doing at this time of the season, and, and hoping for the best, really. Well, I mean, Finnish sports stars are flying at the moment. Valtteri Bottas won the um, Australian Grand Prix. Go throw that one in. But I mean, there's no, no way... Um, Tame Pukki would say oh, I'm not going to play for Finland is it because he's got some re- two really big qualifiers as well one of them against Italy yeah and he's done really well for them as well I mean he's a really important player for their team so obviously they're going to want him to play I mean you talk about the goal drought but even in that goal drought he, you yeah. know, he had yeah. assists that set up other people so he's really important to our team so but I'm really nervous about any of them I mean the thing is we've had an unchanged team for three, four games in a row now, and you want that to continue because you know you don't change a winning team. It'd be horrible if that was forced upon us because of an injury and an international break. Indeed, but don't forget, everyone's got players off in international duty. <laughs> it's not just Norwich, so it's not just Norwich that are hamstrung. Uh, let's get some of your messages, shall we? Um, try and keep on top of these throughout the uh, evening. Get them all in. I'll do my best. I promise. Uh, let's have a look. Uh, Ruben Gibbs. He says hi. Hi, Ruben. Nice to see you, uh, Joe. Ke- Although I can't see you. Uh, Joe Keeler. I love this game. Great. Good stuff, Joe. I just I don't even get to read them first. That's the problem. Um, Charles Gray says evening, evening. Leinster Gaming says Yami. Great stuff. Charles Gray can't believe you're not broadcasting from a pub in Yorkshire. Charles, when they invite me, I'm there. First, first, sec, I'm, I'm straight down there. Free beers. Maybe that can be where the promotion party is. Might have to be in Sheffield or Leeds with bodyguards. Yeah, thank you, Connor. Cheers. Thank you. Um, Neil Jones, are we at risk with the proper question? Well done, Neil. Are we at risk of key players not being match ready, like Navrancic, etc., when they are needed because not getting any minutes? That was one issue I did have with Swansea. I did feel Daniel Farker could have brought players on with you know, going, no, sorry, it's Hull, going, merging into one, going uh, 3 1 up, 70, 60 odd minutes played. There was room there, I think, to have changed it and freshen it up, maybe. Well, they're, they're the players that you're going to rely on for a moment in a game where Norwich don't quite get the luck or don't quite create the opportunities or don't quite get through. You know, you're going to rely on a Jordan Rhodes or a Mo Leitner to come on and, and produce something. So in terms of making sure they're, they're up to match fitness and, and producing at the, top of, at the top of their game, they need minutes. And for me, yeah, I, I share that. I think there, there was an issue, the sub, or the, the issues with the subs. But it's difficult for Daniel Farker because you're sort of damned if you do and damned if you don't but um, yeah he's, you get the feeling there's going to be a big moment from at least one of those players from here to the end of the season so it is important that you introduce them at the right time and, and get them as, as much football as, as humanly possible in, in this run I think Remarkable that's probably the only criticism I've had with Daniel Farker in about six months football doesn't normally work like that at all um, Ed Ivans if we are playing badly and winning surely that's a good thing question mark no need for the question mark Ed um, and there was one here as well which was um, on our best skill scene for Norwich City in yellow and green following on from Emmy Buendia's um, flick outrageous flick against Hull <laughs> which I did I said merging into one um, also I didn't see live in live I had my head in the laptop that's sickening really but there we go only for me um, Mellon 1963 great name um, Mark Libra versus Manchester City coming on as a sub 2001-2 opening home game Gaza-esque I remember that goal what a peach indeed uh, keep those coming in those are on YouTube but we are on Facebook Periscope Twitter I will do my best to keep track of them all I can smell the food it's putting me off uh, brilliant uh, so uh, don't worry we are uh, not going to go through all three rounds of results although clearly I could do with that as a reminder um, uh, and we don't have any fixtures this weekend of course but there is no way we're letting the opportunity pass to have a look at the table so let's do that now shall we we'll start at the bottom 
<laughs> laugh, laughs. Uh, where Ipswich have picked up a few more points, if not wins. Uh, Bolton's plight on the pitch is nothing compared to off it. A winding up order has been postponed until next month. And Norwich City will be hoping the Trotters make it through the season, so their results stand. Uh, Birmingham are in free fall, but given what happened in the derby with Aston Villa and an impending points deduction for breaking their financial fair play restrictions, <gasps> sympathy is in pretty short supply. If you thought that half looked good, how about this? Norwich are now four points clear of Sheffield United in second, five of Leeds in third, and if West Brom overtake Norwich now, then the two Uniteds will already be home and hosed. Um, Middlesbrough await Norwich the other side of the break, while the playoff picture stretches down to Hull, with games in hand muddying the water a touch. And before we send it off again, how about the picture at the top? That is truly epic stuff indeed. We've got two weeks to look at it as well, which is great. I mean, it, it is remarkable. I suppose this international break gives us a chance to look at it. The last international break we had was 21 games ago. That's basically half a season. Remarkable, Terry. It's amazing. With eight games to go, to be four clear at the top, never in my wildest dreams that I think we'd be here at this stage. Um, we're in such a good position. It's just brilliant. And, and, and you don't feel nervous about saying that? Because I'll, I'll, you know, it, it, it can lead <laughs> I, to that. I am normally quite nervous, but there's been something about the team this year, the manager, the players, the club, that for once I don't feel like I'm jinxing it. I've already said, I think we're going to go up. I've already oh. said, I think we're going to go up as champions. Oh. That's how confident I am wow. that this team is going to deliver. Wow. Connor? I'm saying nothing. <laughs> yeah, I, feel, I think it's hard to to bet against them for top two they're so resilient they've got so many faces they, they find ways to win games that on the surface of it don't look like they've got it in them so you have to say particularly given the result that, that Leeds had it, it does look like a, a top two finish now it's just a case of whether they finish first or second which is like sl making me slightly nervous to say to be completely honest <laughs> it's not stopping you to say it though is it you're both not saying it and it's interesting outside of Norfolk because I think you know, a lot of Norwich fans will sit there going, well, the teams aren't losing, and if we slip up, then basically applying different rules to the different teams, essentially. Whereas outside Norfolk, I see a lot of Leeds fans, a lot of Sheffield United fans saying, well, you know, we're going to have to kind of give up on Norwich now. I mean, it's not, a, you know, lose at Middlesbrough, the other two win, it all closes up again, doesn't it? So I suppose there is that element, but I guess it's just the belief in what they're doing. Um, who follows Norwich is going to be a fascinating thing, isn't it? And likewise, the playoff picture is so tight, you know, with the playoff picture and the way Aston Villa and Preston are flying. Yeah, definitely. Preston are one of the form teams at the moment, aren't they? So they're easily going to make... Yeah, there's, there's so much opportunities for movement there. I think for either Sheffield United or Leeds, if they end up in the playoffs, for them it's going to be a disappointment. And I think they're going to struggle. Whereas you can see teams that have got games in hand or you know, are in form at the moment, like you know Preston Derby or Bristol City, if they end up in the playoffs, they're going to be on a roll. Whereas if it's Leeds or Sheffield United that have dropped down, they're going to really struggle, I think. Anything to say about Ipswich at the other end, Connor? 54 points. 54 points. How many? That sounds like an awful lot of points. What, what number of points is that, Terry? That's 54 points. What, what, what does that mean? That means that's how many less points Ipswich have than Norwich. I believe you would say, mind the gap. <laughs> yeah. Are you minding the gap, <laughs> Well, they're pretty bad, aren't they? Um, to put it politely. Um, at least they've turned losses into draws, I suppose. So every, every, every cloud. <laughs> You're doing Paul Lambert's job for him now. Brilliant. <laughs> Um, but we're not obsessed, we just like talking about it before anyone gets involved, etc, etc. Uh, keep your messages um, piling in. Let's have a look at this, what have we got on here. Timothy uh, Githinji, I hope I've said that right. Uh, good evening from Kenya. There's our, our, Kenya's, our Pink and Show Kenya Supporting Club, I love that. Cheers, Timothy. Uh, Connor, enjoyed your discussion with Ben Bloom. Nice one, ding, ding. I mean, that's his name, ding, ding. That's not how, that's not how he signed off the message. 
Um, Charles Gray with another highlight. He says, Bellamy goal from ridiculously tight angle near the corner flag versus Sheffield United. Bang on. I remember that one as well, Charles. Um, I think that might have even been his, one of his last goals. In It was the end of the season before he then left. I think he might have scored at Barnsley and then he left. can't remember. Mem- memory's playing tricks. But one of the last goals he scored. Certainly the last goal at Carrow Road, I would have thought, at the end of his uh, knee injury. Anyway, moving on. Uh, Joshua Reynolds says, on the ball city, OTBC. And Ed, Ed Ivans, I can see Alec Neal getting Preston in the playoffs and doing well. Well... He has done it before. Uh, they're all on YouTube. I promise I'll switch on to something else in a moment. Um, right. Oh, we're on to this already, are we? I was hoping we'd be able to get stuck into the food. I've gone, I've gone, I've got this all wrong. Um, I'm expecting the quiet of the international break will make this look awesome. Yes, it's Flip the Bird, the game that has been taking dives for two seasons and never gets punished. Uh, Last time out, Darren Huckabee added his name to the Norwich City players list with a flipping debut six, while Pete Raven trumped that with a beginner's luck of eight. I'm giving him some credit there. Let's move the cheese down. Uh, Tonight, Connor tries to free himself from the five log jam, while Terry takes her first flipping cap. Oh, the food's gone. I'm really disappointed. But you look after that. Connie. Bring it back in a minute. Um, so, in short, the guys have... Th- I'm salivating. 30 seconds to flip as many bar mats as possible. I'm going to move your drink there, um, Terry. Um, and you know the rules, actually. I'm not going to bother saying them because you know what they are. Here are your beer mats. Um, don't look nervous. I don't think anyone's had to do it from a sofa before. So, um, yeah, good luck to you all. Um, is Dan on a timer? Dan, you got a timer? He's happy enough. So, you all happy with the rules? Yeah. Of course you are. Ready, Dan? Three, two, one, go. And it's away we go. It's a quick start from Terry there, just oh. giving away her slight competition there, but she hasn't quite caught one yet. Not quite, it's quite a slow going, and, and Terry did say that she'd been in pubs a, a lot, <laughs> so we're supposed to be quite good at it. Uh, Connor just ticking on nicely, he's getting quite close. Oh. Terry's got one, thank go goodness. Come on, go on. Andy, that's on to two, that's good. Yeah, and Connor, you can claim that, that's fine. Um, Terry just taking her time, very relaxed, <laughs> very relaxed about it all. Dan um, scratching his beard, which means that time might be up. I'm going to stop looking at Terry and see if it helps her out. One more. Can you get one more? Have that one? <laughs> yeah. What did you have to get on, Terry? Oh, it's a very disappointing three. It's all right. That's all right. It's a debut effort. We'll take it. Six. So oh. I'm, I'm making, making progress slowly. <laughs> makes progress. He, four, five, six. So it puts you level yeah. with Kevin Piper, Darren Huckabee, Chris Elliott and Nathan Tuck. You must be delighted. I'll take that. Yeah, absolutely. Mid-table. Can't and, argue with that. And in fairness, um, our old mustard colleague, uh, Ryan Livermore, only got two. So you're not bottom of the table, Terry. Thank God for that. Uh, so everyone is absolutely uh, delighted. Um, brilliant stuff. Uh, we'll take a selfie at the end. That's the win. Well, no one really wins, so we just take a selfie anyway. Um, and in which case, shall we have a sting, Dan? Can we do that? Is that the sting? <laughs> brilliant. I did see your point. Uh, okay. Um, now, my lovely colleague Dave Freezer, also known as the um, metrosexual Alan Partridge on the Pinkham podcast, <laughs> he loves me saying that, um, recently spoke to Max Ahrens, um, and he didn't introduce himself to Max that way, I'm sure. Uh, the full interview will be live on Saturday in your Eastern Daily Press and at pinkham.com to read, watch and listen to. Uh, but as I did hassle Dave a lot at work, we've managed to get an exclusive look at some of the chat he had with Max Ahrens, and you can watch it exclusively first, right here, right now. You tap into those guys. Away. Pookie, of course, is doing really well for Finland at the moment. Are those guys sort of open to you asking questions? Yeah, you could definitely you can ask them questions. Uh, they're always really handy if you if you need if you need to ask anything, um, and they're really open to talking 
about experiences or stuff like that or giving advice on what I'm going into and stuff like that. So yeah, it's good to have senior internationals around you, which you can learn from. And it seems like the team spirit's really good here. We've seen the Wheel of Fortune recently. Oh, yeah, yeah. Steepy having to wash the manager's car. Um, all that sort of stuff. Is it? Does it feel like a, a good vibe? I'm sure being top of the league helps, but it feels like you all get on well. Yeah, even from pre-season when obviously we were all in, we didn't know where we were going to end up in the league. It's, it's been a great changing room and uh, I think we've got a really good mix of uh, young players, senior players, uh, English players, foreign players. It's, we've got a really good bond and everyone gets along. There's no groups or cliques. There's just uh, a really good group that just want to work hard. And with your position, uh, they're England going up yeah. the age groups have got some serious talent at right back, yeah. you know, from Trippier to all those players in front of you, Wimbasaka playing for Crystal Palace yeah. at the moment. <laughs> You've picked a, a difficult time to come through. I know, I know. I'm probably about <laughs> seventh in line, probably at the moment. Um, now, there's a few. There's a, it just shows the depth that uh, we've got coming through at England now, and there's so many levels. You walk around the training centre, and you can just see so many good players from ranging from the under 16s upwards to the the senior squad. So it's it's really good to see the amount of uh, talented players that are coming through. Well done, boys. <laughs> yeah, we wanted, you wanted it to do it that. Nice one. I've just been stitched up. Hello, we were going to have some food. Dan's enjoying himself. Tony will probably clip that out as a special clip for next week. He's already smiling about it. Anyway, <clears throat> that was Max. He's great. Almost as good as the meat and the cheese. Um, and something of a revelation, Terry Max Aaron's this season. Oh, it's unbelievable. I didn't even know who he was really at the start of the season. Um, and when you think, oh, an 18-year-old suddenly be dropped in the team, you think, oh, how's he going to get on? You know, a lot of times you see young players who just, you know, come on in little bits and bobs or come off the bench. He's just hit the ground running. He's just got better and better. And people outside of Norwich are now saying he's the best fullback in the championship. He's going to play at the highest level. And that's within one season. I mean, it's amazing how, what he's achieved. It's, I think the level of consistency that's remarkable because I think Jamal came in last year and you saw his form dipped at times, made mistakes, and you knew that he'd be learning. By the way, Jamal has been superbly consistent this season too, but Max has sort of done it instantaneously, which is almost is the most impressive thing about it. Yeah, he looks like a fullback that's played 300-odd games in terms of how composed he is, and he's, he's got it all. He can attack, he can defend, he can run the channel, he can play with it technically. It's, it's superb, and, and he can defend as well, primarily. So he's a real... He's the real complete package. I mean, he makes me quite angry because he's, he's a month older than me and it, it <laughs> makes me feel that should be me, you know what I mean? But he's, he's much more talented than I am, so fair enough. But um, no, he's, he's been incredible and I'd be amazed if he doesn't play for England, to be completely honest with you. I'm sure it's just a lack of chances, Connor, don't worry. Um, I mean, you have to say he's kind of ended two Norwich City careers, hasn't he? In, in a way, Felix Paslak's got nowhere near it and I've never quite known a reaction like it when Felix signed. Everyone's like, oh my God, this is amazing. Yet Max is hasn't given him a chance of course Ivo Pinto captain last season just hasn't had a look in no and, and I don't think anybody's arguing with that at all I think Max Aarons has just been immense and a lot of people have him down as a player of the season so um, I mean it's so great that somebody who's come through the academy is given a chance takes it and has just become part of the team so quickly which is kind of the idea now isn't it that is the idea um, oh, I won't ask you this Terry Connor if Norwich don't go up um, how, how worried are we? Is he one of the ones where you can go, yeah, probably not next season? Possibly, but then you, you take the Madison situation and they produce an Emmy Buendia. So I think there's some hope in, in that regard. Um, 
I mean, he's, he's going to be wanted because he's young and English and ticks a lot of boxes in that sense, particularly for, for Premier League clubs who need to fulfil a quota of, of homegrown players. So he's always going to be one, particularly given how well he's performed this year, that, that he's going to be touted places. I just hope that he's got a nice, sensible age. And, and I mean, he sound, seems down to earth and he seems grateful for the opportunity. So hopefully we see him kick on next year in the Premier League with Norwich City. Absolutely, dream scenario. Um, I do want to widen this open uh, out a little bit to player of the season uh, discussions. Uh, eight games to go and of course a lot to be rid of. Okay, the first question I want to ask, there was a, a poll going around, I think it was Canary's Trust poll, saying um, just give it to the team or still give it to individuals. How do you both see it? I kind of understand where that's coming from. I think I personally find it really difficult to pick one particular player and because there's something about the team togetherness that has been uh, one of the reasons why we've been success- successful this year and it feels almost wrong to pick out a particular player I mean I, I'd really struggle just to pick a top three out of that team so I understand where that comes from um, but I suppose it's a tradition isn't it and you want to have the the, the, the you know on the pitch the handing over of the trophy and all of that kind of thing but um, yeah no I get that completely I think there's a lot of people that feel like that they don't want to you know, pick on one person because it's been such a team effort. Yeah, at least we're in, in that boat as opposed to uh, let's pick Wes Houlihan because he's been here for <laughs> a certain period of time. So it's a nice dilemma to have. I think it would be really, really nice because this is a team that's bound together by togetherness that have achieved something on, against the backdrop of financial insecurity and no expectations. So in that regard, it would be nice. I think part of the fun of it, though, is, is picking out someone and, and having those debates and having those disagreements. Um, but ultimately you can make cases for probably 10 or 11 of them and that, that's what a place to be at this point you got to do it as far as I'm concerned because <laughs> it, it, there are lots of other seasons where Norwich have won things and you've still done it and it, it's a different award everyone gets the award of promotion this is something different on an individual basis so um, in that case who would you give it to? Pookie oh. just because he scored all those goals no, 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 no. <laughs> um, um, Zimmerman See, I'm not going to answer that question. I don't have to answer them. Um, but what we did do, and I've thrown them away. Oh no, here they are. We did do your team. Um, I mean, you say it was difficult to pick. Um, it'd be difficult to pick three. We made you pick eleven. Um, at your team of the season so far, eleven, in fact. Um, now they're not too dissimilar, but they're interesting nonetheless. So uh, Terry, let's go for your. Oh, is that right? Who have you got, Dan? Terry. Yeah, Terry. <laughs> That's not first. Let's have a look at yours first. So, well, I thought this was going to be really difficult, and then I started doing it and realised that a lot of these names were just, they pick themselves. The only areas where I thought there was um, a bit of a discussion was who partnered Zimmerman in the centre of defence. I think we forget, you know, Tim Close has played a lot of games this season. But I've gone for Godfrey because I think he really epitomises what this season's been all about. He came in, there was no expectation. They thought he was just going to be there for a few weeks to cover for injury. Has ended up making that position his own. He's one who's you know come through the ranks. And I think his passion and desire is a joy to behold. So I, I plump for him. And I think the only other area probably is midfield, which is where me and Connor do differ. Um, it's uh, Teddy or Tribal. Teddy, I mean, it's difficult, but I just think... Tribal's, uh, particularly his um, his performance against Leeds away, I think he was immense that night. And I think he had a lot to do with us winning that game. And as winning that game, I think we'll have a lot to do with us going up. And I've gone for Vrancic out of the, the three possible sort of creative midfielders. They've all been really good. They've all played their part. But I think I was just thinking back to particular moments, like Vrancic set up that goal when we won against Millwall in the 97th minute. Um, so I think this, he's played some really crucial part and some really crucial moments in the season. Love it. Can't share with that. And he got the first goal at Leeds, which, as we all know, Leeds can't cope if they score, don't score first. I think that's how it works. Uh, Connor, 
Okay, we didn't get any food in them, by the way. Um, <laughs> thanks, Terry. Connor, let's take us through your 11. Yeah, so I'd, I'm in complete agreement, and yet my team looks somewhat different. So I, I guess the, the main area that we've sort of gone differently is, is the two central midfielders. I, I sort of cast my mind back and was thinking this morning or this afternoon, when did Norwich City play their best brand of football? When did they look at the peak of their powers, so to speak? And I thought that was with uh, Mo Leitner and Alex Tetty. I just thought that combination in their pomp was, was superb this season. So whilst Tom Tribal on current form, absolutely, I'd have him in there, but it needs to be a consistent run of games for me. He's not shown it over half a season. Um, maybe I'm being harsh. Mario Vrancic, again, has been excellent, but I, I really love Mo Leitner. It's, just, it's, it's a preference more than anything else. Um, and, and so that's why I've gone for those two, because I think as a partnership, they really complement each other. They both do what the other can't, essentially. So, um, yeah, in, in terms of when Norwich played their best football, I think it was those two in the, in the engine room. The best bit is there's no right or wrong answer, so you get it. And if you've got um, any opinions on that and your own 11s, then uh, let us know, um, post them wherever you're watching us at the moment. Uh, let's get some Facebook comments, shall we? Martin Harvey, evening all from the sunny Midlands. I'm glad it's sunny in the Midlands for you, Martin. Um, Mark Hilton, Huckabee's dribble and goal versus Birmingham was the best skill seen at Carrow. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's up there, yeah, yeah. at Carrow Road, I think, yeah. Right, should we give you, get, what, what would be well, yours? Well, at Carrow Road, I think probably Huckabee, not at Carrow Road. I was at Leeds when Norwich won 4-0 and Jerry McGoss scored goal oh. of the season. And what a goal as a move that was as well. That not was, just a, I mean, that, and we had two goals disallowed that day as well. So I think that's the best I've ever seen a Norwich City team play. And I think that goal was just the cherry on the cake. How about you, Connor? Probably the Johnny Howson one against Forrest, just for pure technique. I mean, I, my Carrow Road consumption span is, is considerably shorter. But um, yeah, I'd, I'd go for the, the Howson goal, um, probably seconded by the Tetty against Sunderland. Shorter but no less valuable colour. That's the thing. Um, Andy Ansel says, "Good morning from Las Vegas." We are. Well, that's good work. And also, shouldn't you be in bed? I don't. I don't no, no, maybe not. Okay, I don't know what time it is. I'm too hungry. Um, Harry, what was that, Dan? The city that never sleeps. Yeah, right. I think it's, it's about nine in the morning, Dan. It's all right. He's had too much cheese. Um, Harry Thurlow, evening, and the average. Weber has spent on players is 1.3 million. Imagine what we could achieve with spending of five million pounds per player. I mean, just beware, but you know, imagine it indeed. Um, Ashley Robert, have you recovered from the abuse from Rotherham yet, Mr. Bailey? I don't, don't, know, what, don't know what you mean. Have they recovered? That's more the question. Have they recovered? Simon Meadows, Justin Fashion, who's scoring that remarkable goal against Liverpool. That is before my time. You'll be pleased to know, Connor, but. What a goal, by the way. Is it 1981 or 80? Is it 80? 80? Yeah, yeah. I, before my time as oh, well. Right. Just trying to work out if I was alive or not, but there we go. Um, Ian Honeyman, one game in 21 days, followed by six games in 22. Yep, welcome to the championship. Uh, Robert Griggs, tell Terry Griggs is watching. Uh, Griggs is an Ipswich fan. Oh, cool. Wow, Robert, <laughs> what are you doing with yourself? Well, and friends? Yeah, good friends, good yeah. friends, yeah. He's one of the good ones. Well, there are one or two, fair play. Hey, they'll be there again next season, all 12,000 of them. Oh, uh, Dave Winter, hi everyone, hi Dave. Uh, do the first team still fly to away matches? Well, I'll take that one sometimes, if, if, if it works out um, well. And because they're doing quite well, probably more than they would have done if they weren't, I can probably say that. Um, what have we got here? Uh, John Killett, that cheese looks amazing. 
is, yeah. I have to say the cheese and food, lovely. How lucky are we? Doesn't take a lot to get us here. Um, Daniel Walker says, Tetty, question mark, exclamation mark. That's probably a dig at your team, Terry. Uh, <laughs> no, Connor Connors. Teddy. You know, I think that's harsh. I think he's played a really important role this season. So I think, well, I don't know why Norwich fans have to have a scapegoat, but they do, I, I, and I Teddy's think, often one of them. I think, it, and it's perhaps a... A wrong perception of English football that a midfielder needs to be someone who can dictate play and get on the ball and create which I think there are different definitions of a midfielder and he's a completely different definition to Mo Leitner and Mario Vrancic that completely, yeah. perhaps fans don't appreciate what they do on the ball but it's off the ball and as someone who was or tried to be a central midfielder who did like to spray the ball about a bit I, I understand how much or how important it was to have a midfielder who could tackle and could head because I couldn't do those things. So um, <laughs> bringing it down to yourself, <laughs> it's so hard. Um, but but no, I I think I mean Dave Hannon wrote a, a column early on in the season where he said he's like the drummer of the team, and and that's something that that I'd agree with. I think he's probably the most underrated Norwich City player for the last ten years, in my opinion. And he's, he's still here, and that's the thing. He was, he was looking like he wouldn't be, and he's going to have played a major part in a successful season. Uh, right, keep your messages coming in. I don't know how long we've got, but it's not too long. Uh, now, the one thing we, uh, we're hearing a lot more now um, than when we were last on uh, just a few weeks ago is the story of Daniel Farker on a horse. Um, there's a chant. There's T-shirts. But the chant isn't sung to the right tune, by the way, but that's my issue. Uh, T-shirts literally everything probably selling horses somewhere um, but where on earth has this all come from uh, I think you can read all about this as well by, by uh, Mr Dave Freezer's work in midweek as well at pinkin.com so make sure you check all that out uh, but we did also ask the man himself and when I say we I can com- officially confirm it wasn't me who asked the question tell me the story about you on a horse well, where, did, where did all that come from where did it all start <laughs> Well, to be honest, it's a, it's a small story um, in uh, Germany. Actually, I'm, I'm quite scared of horses, um, and I would uh, would never go on a uh, on a horse. But uh, yeah, because of that, uh, our uh, chairman, uh, when I worked for uh, for a small club in, in Germany, was just in the fourth tire. I spent there um, a pretty long period, and and yeah, it was in general, why well, ever, a pretty successful period. And in the end, after my last game, um, yeah, it's more like he had this idea. To, uh, to bring me on a horse and, and to have a um, lap of honor on this horse. And uh, yeah, it was in front of a, a big audience and, and uh, the stadium was, uh, was nearly full. And yeah, when this horse came in and he asked me in order to, to sit on this horse and, and to ride with a few people around in order yeah, to get some, uh, some ovation. So it's most, more like, yeah, I couldn't deny it. And for that, um, yeah, anyhow, I was able to beat my being scared and my danger and... Uh, yeah, was able anyhow to to sit for this one lap on uh, on this um, um, for this uh, lap of honor on this horse and um, yeah, it was good fun to be honest. But I'm pretty sure I wouldn't win the um, the big um, yeah. What is the horse jumping at the moment at, at Cheltenham? Was it? Cheltenham? Yes, I'm not sure if I would win the race over there. But uh, in general, it was good fun. Yes. Are you surprised that Norwich fans have picked up on it? Yes, because uh, I didn't know how they find out that uh, I was this. Uh, it, it's a few years ago, and and uh, probably they found a picture anywhere and, uh, when they googled my name or whatever uh, on this on the source. And um, yeah, I think uh, someone told me they have a nice song uh, about me on a horse. Meanwhile, but I think there are more important points uh, at the moment and uh, more important, important topics than me on a horse. But it's good fun to be honest. Do you have any plans to get on a horse? Come the end of the season, if Norwich get promoted. <laughs> Will we ever see you on a horse again? 
have to speak with Stuart Weber what his plans are. And so sometimes he's unpredictable, but uh, I don't see me on a horse again. Next. <laughs> Keep waffling. What, what are we doing next? Read it. Uh, Farker on a horse. Uh, Weber says destined for the top. Question mark. <laughs> Terry, what do you think? Weber says destined. Well, Farker. Yes, Farker, yeah. I think so. Definitely. I think he, what he's achieved already at Norwich in, in uh, the first few seasons has proven what a good coach he is. And I think, yeah, quite easily. Be, you know, I think he ultimately wants to go back to Germany and manage a you know top Bundesliga side. And I can definitely see that happening. Bushy Dortmund, perhaps. I think that's probably got to be the favourite, hasn't it? There you go, you just witnessed the end of my career. <laughs> I blame the directors, by the way. Good, good question. You can literally host this show whenever you want, Colin, don't worry. Um, <clears throat> that, was, that was the question. Um, and the thing about Daniel, I do think about Arsenal and Chelsea last season. I mean, in a side that wasn't really how he wants to, and I know everyone has spoken about it, but those two performances, albeit against sides who maybe were taking it a little bit lightly, it did kind of show what Daniel can do at a higher level and how well he does coach. I mean, the, again, the way he's coached this side is remarkable. So it is quite exciting to see what he can do over a prolonged period of time. Hmm. Oh. <laughs> how unprofessional, Connor. <laughs> Literally, I was asking you the question. I didn't know. <laughs> All right, my job's safe. It's fine. Terry? <laughs> um, yeah. I, I'm I glad you're a vegan. <laughs> I've had quite a lot of beer though. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I was at the Arsenal game. I think we went there not expecting much. And the fact that we got so close to actually getting a result there um, was amazing. And I think the fact that he's managed to build this team, we always thought it was going to be a sort of a three, five year project perhaps even. And the fact in the second season, we may actually achieve, be achieving the promotion shows that he's ahead of schedule. And I think, I mean, hearing him speak, he's just got so much confidence, such self-belief. I think he can go far, definitely. A lot of it is his mentality. He's, I mean, I compare him to when Norwich lost 4 0 at Millwall uh, to how he is now. He's sort of the same character. He's sort of never too high, never too low, which you need in, in this business, particularly, I think. Um, and he's got away with young players that really uh, any other coach, particularly in, in this division, doesn't really have in terms of improving them as much as he has. Giving them a chance is one thing, but to improve them as much as he has and to get them to the level where they look already like Premier League players is something so impressive with, with a limited game. So. He's got an impressive CV and, and some impressive characteristics. Um, we'll see. Um, I mean, there's lots of affection for him. He has done an amazing job. Am I the only one <laughs> who does wish those allays at full time? He kind of did with everyone else. What, around the grounds? Yeah, well, and, and with the players as well, I suppose. Yeah, I suppose so. But I think that is very much about the relationship between the manager and the fans. Um, I think... It is almost a special moment, you know. I sit in the Barclay and we, we you know, we, we applaud all the players, we sing their name. But as soon as we see, see Barker walking our way, we're starting, you know, getting ready for And it's just such a brilliant moment at the end of the game. And I, I well, we're kind of used to managers not lasting as long as players. But in, in true, trueness, if, if Norwich go up, Daniel's got a three year contract, you don't know, he, he might be here longer than a lot of the players who are out there now, you don't know. To a degree, though, it's, it's kind of irrelevant how long a manager is here. It's sort of what they achieve in the time they are here. And that's what they're ultimately going to be remembered by. If you, if you go and win a league, as Paul Lambert proved prior to going to Ipswich, your name will still get mentioned quite regularly. So as long as Daniel Farker achieves, he'll be remembered. And, and sometimes that's more durable than how long he actually stays here. Well said indeed, well said indeed. Let's get some more of your messages on YouTube, shall we? Uh, Hazard JC says, Bwah. <laughs> 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 okay. 
I did. I did host a Q and A with uh, Stuart Weber the other day with Canaries Trust, um, who also says "boar" a lot, so it's catching. I think. Um, Hazard also says Connor for president. So there you go. We've gone well beyond the Pink and Show host. That didn't take long. Um, um, uh, Ed Ivans hold and believe Pookie has more goals in him. So he's excited about what Pookie can do. Um, oh, indeed, because John Camack. Oh, sorry, it's in reply to John Camack. He says I've got a bet on Pookie, top goal scorer in the league. 100 to 1, expect to win 500 quid. Should I cash in at 280 quid? Oh, we're not answering that. <laughs> no way. No way, John. You have to make that decision on your own. Um, but good luck with it, obviously. Uh, and Char, Canaries, Canaries. I was there in 1986 when Drinkle scored at Old Trafford. Lovely. Do you remember that one? I don't know. No, no. I'm sure it was a cracker. I'd like to see it. Someone will have it somewhere. Uh, Canaries, Canaries adds, uh, the way the season is going, it wouldn't surprise anyone if Cruel got suspended and Aston Oxborough comes in and plays a blinder and Cruel ends up fighting for a place. <laughs> I love that. It wouldn't, wouldn't surprise any of us. There we go. That, absolutely top stuff. And, uh, oh, just finally from Canaries, Canaries, Yusuf Safri against Newcastle. Oh, that was goal. a brilliant goal. Yeah, brilliant. That was um, a brilliant goal and a brilliant moment of top-class skill. Uh, so... Ah, jeez. Um, once the internationals are done, it is, of course, an eight-game run, and we're only going to have a quick ch- chat about it. But um, do we have we got it nailed, what we think it will take in terms of Norwich finishing the job? Terry, you're really confident. What's it going to take? Um, I'm confident. I just think that they will do whatever they need to do. Um, they hardly, you know, they'd hardly even drop points, let alone lose games. Um, and if they do, they make up for it almost straight away. They bounce straight back. We've got a bit of breathing space now. We can actually lose a game and, you know, we'll still be top. That's a nice place to be in. But I don't think they will. I think they're just going to keep powering on. I love the un- unbounded belief. <laughs> Any moments, do you think, or games that you've got you a little bit worried coming up, Connor? I, mean, I sound really negative that I'm pushing this, but I'm devil's advocate. Um... <laughs> Probably you'd probably look at the Middlesbrough one at the moment simply because it's a team in bad form that have now got two weeks to sort themselves out and they're managed by Tony Pulis so it's going to be an absolute brick wall by the time Norwich get to, to the Riverside but if you if you look at it as a football match and if Norwich turn up they'll beat anyone in this division I'm, I'm so confident of that I think four wins would take them to 90 wouldn't it so that would do promotion for me five wins probably for the title I wouldn't disagree um now, how, how, when, can you remember when your first game was or your, your first conscious memory of supporting Norwich? Just a quick date. Yeah, mine was September 1990. 2006, sorry. No, that's fine. <laughs> you don't need to apologise for being young. That's fine. Um, so if Norwich do do it, where would it rank for you guys, do you reckon? That's a good question. Um, well, it's up there. We obviously, we've, we have won the title before. It's up there with that. I think probably the fact that we just weren't expecting it. I think that probably ranks alongside when we came up with Lambert after League yep. One and I thought playoffs are best and we ended up going straight up automatically. It feels a bit like that. We just got on that roll and we just kept going. So it compares to that to me. Right up there for me. Yeah, I think in terms of the style of play, how they're playing, how well they're playing, some of the players they've got that, I mean, I never thought Norwich would, would play in a way where I watched them and go, wow. And uh, you do this year. I remember... The first time I sort of watched Norwich City this year and went, wow, was, was probably Swansea away and some of the football they, they showcased there. Um, yeah, I think it, it's, it's got to be right up there it, with, with the Lambert, if not surpassing it, because of that lack of... No one fancied whatsoever, even inside Norfolk, let alone outside of it. And uh, where, whereas most of us were going, we'd take a top 10 finish and a push for the playoffs, we're now going, let's avoid the playoffs. So yeah. it's been quite the season and, and hopefully it finishes on the high it, it deserves to.
Great note to finish on. Um, and by the way, I think uh, we did some interviews with Hodgie's Hacks, which you can watch, me, Paddy and Dave, um, over at pinkin.com. And um, we, I think we made some predictions back then that haven't seen the light of day until this week. So I, I, can't, but I don't think any of us were saying um, probably anywhere near what we've seen this season, which is probably understandable. OK, um, that is it for this week's Pinkin Show. Um, remember, you can catch up with tonight's edition and all our superb Norris City coverage on all our platforms, including our Pinkin app. Um, but of course, first and foremost, Pinkin.com. That will probably include the clips of me eating. Um, <laughs> cheers for that, boys. Thanks. I will get my revenge. I don't know how, but it's happening. Uh, we will return next Wednesday uh, from 6pm. Uh, that is at the Railway Tavern in Deerham. That's the pub of World Cup rowdiness fame that you might remember from the other summer, uh, where we will hopefully be joined by former Canary as well as FA Cup final goal scorer and winner Alan Taylor. So that's very exciting. I'm excited about that one. Uh, remember to join us either uh, in the flesh in Deerham, where there's a chippy in the pub, who knew? I know. <laughs> or, of course, if you want to, you can join us online and have your own fish and chips at home or whatever you like eating. Uh, but that's for then. This is for now. A big thank you to our guests tonight, to the brilliant Connor and Terry. Uh, thank you, guys. Thanks, Connor. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Terry. Did you enjoy that? Yeah, it's brilliant. Thanks, mate. Good. We'll do it again, most definitely. Uh, to Redwell Brewery for being such stars for hosting us, uh, giving us some beer, and uh, the, the cheese truckle for giving us a plate of food, which um, you saw us eat, so no, <laughs> no hiding that one. Uh, I'm not going to bother thanking Tony and Dan. They turned up and did their job. Thanks for doing that. I appreciate you actually doing your job. Not all the time. Sometimes you didn't quite do your job, like telling me when we were on, but that's fine. And, of course, to you guys and girls uh, for watching and getting involved. Uh, until next time, here's to soft and safe landings for all Canaries ahead of the final push for promotion. We will see you next week in Deerham. Good night.